Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I am Barry Dove Katz, and today we're studying Tractate Shabbat, Daf 103, page 103. Over the last few days, we explored the Shabbat prohibitions of transferring objects from one domain to the other, and the prohibition on building. Today we'll look at writing, another category of prohibited work. Among other questions, the Mishnah and Gemara want to know how much writing is enough to make someone liable. Listen to how Rabbi Adin Steinsaltz explains the rule established by the Mishnah. One who writes two letters on Shabbat, whether he did so with his right hand or his left, whether they were the same letter or two different letters, whether he did so using two different types of ink in any language, he is liable. Later in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda adds, we found that one is liable for writing even if he did not complete what he was writing. Let's say someone intended to write the name Shimon, usually a five-letter word, Shin, Mem, Ein, Vav, and Nun. Instead of writing the whole word, he just wrote the first two letters, Shin and Mem. This doesn't spell out the name Shimon, but these two letters are, on their own, actually a different name. It's Shem, the son of Noah. According to Rabbi Yehuda, someone who writes just these two letters on Shabbat has written enough to be liable. Rav Chista thinks otherwise. In order to understand why, we need to consider the issue of letters that form unintended words from another angle, the laws of writing a Torah scroll. A Torah scroll needs to be written very carefully, and over the years, thousands of laws have come to govern everything from the shape of the letters to the ink used to write a Torah scroll. As you may know, some Hebrew letters have two forms, one used when the letter is at the beginning or the middle of the word, and another form used when the letter appears at the end of the word. This developed little by little over history. So knowing this, the Gemara notes that if a person intended to write the name Shimon, but only wrote the first two letters of the name, the second letter would have the middle of the word form. Any Hebrew reader would immediately know that there's something odd here. It sounds like a complete word, but it doesn't look like one, because it's missing the final form of the second letter, that mem. When it comes to Torah scrolls, would this be a valid way to write the name Shem? Rav Chista concludes that this is fine. If an open mem, the middle of the word form, is used in place of the closed mem, the end of the word form, it's valid. In other words, the Torah needs to be exact, but not that exact. If this is okay in a Torah scroll, then someone who writes an open letter instead of a closed one is liable for breaking Shabbat. He or she has written two letters. Not so fast, comments the Gemara. The, bright, the Gemara cites a Brita, a rabbinic teaching from the 2nd century that did not make it into the Mishnah. The Brita offers a really sweet drash, a homily on the importance of being precise when writing a Torah scroll, and a stark rejoinder to Rav Chista. 
The Breiter refers us to the book of Devarim, the book of Deuteronomy, the paragraph known as Via Hafta, comes right after the Shema. In this paragraph, God instructs us to write them, the words that God commands us, on the doorposts of our house and upon our gates. In Hebrew, write them is uchtavtam. The Breiter breaks this word into two words, yielding the phrase ktav tam, which suggests that the writing, the ktav, should be flawless, tam. A sweet drash with some serious consequences for Torah reading and for Shabbat violations. The Gemara will continue to talk about writing letters on Shabbat, but before it does, it launches into an extended listing of the common mistakes that describe might make while writing a Sefer Torah, Tefillin, or Mezuzah. Sofrim scribes, as careful as they might be, often confuse letters that look the same, like Bet and Kaf, or Dalid and Resh, or letters that have a similar sound, like an Aleph or an Ayin. There are rules about how the words in a column of Torah are written. Some parshiot, some sections are closed, stumot, meaning that the scribe continues to write the next section after leaving a space of several letters, whereas other parashiot are open, p'tuchot, meaning that after the section, the scribe does not write on the same line, instead starting the next parsha on a new line. There are also rules about the layout of certain sections. For example, shirat hayam, the song at the sea is laid out in a beautiful pattern of staggered lines. Some days, this reminds me of the walls of water that stood up on either side of Bnei Israel, the children of Israel as they crossed the sea, and other times the lines just look like waves. If you write that section like a normal justified column, according to our section, the Torah is not kosher. And if you write something that is not poetry in the poetic setup, also not kosher. Writing Torah, Tefillin, and Mezuzah in anything but the proper ink is not okay. And for those who are curious, kosher ink is made by combining gall nuts, gum arabic, and copper sulfate, which can creates an ink that will stick to parchment and in most cases remain black for a very long time. The Gemara also adds that writing God's name in gold is not okay. In fact, no letters of the Torah can be written in anything but black ink. According to some, the reason that God's name is specified here is that one should not think that he or she will create a scroll that is more special than any other scroll because it gives honor to God by having God's name in gold. A scroll, if it's made correctly, is kosher or it's not. And one scroll cannot be more kosher or more precious than the next because of how God's name is written. All of this in response to Rav Chizda's assertion that if an open mem, the middle of the word form, is used in place of a closed mem, the end of the word form, it is valid. The page ends, after this long digression, with Rav Chista's offering a spirited defense of his position. The passion with which the sage de- sages debated the laws of holy writing and how that affects the laws of writing on Shabbat is remarkable. The sages knew that letters are vehicles of the holy. Basic shapes come together as forms, which combine to become words, which turn into sentences and paragraphs and books that enter our hearts and teach us the language of sanctity. And so even the white space on the inside of a final mem is significant and worthy of attention. I once studied Safrut, the arts and laws of Hebrew calligraphy for Torah scrolls, tefillin, and mezuzot. The very wise and patient teacher 
sensing that I was nervous about starting to write anything lest my letters not be perfectly formed or worse, lest I make a mistake, told me it's very natural to be nervous. There are many rules to follow and many ways to make mistakes. But he said if every sofer who was ever nervous about making a mistake refrained from writing, there would be no Torah scrolls in the world for us to read and to learn from. There would be no tefillin in which we can literally wrap ourselves in holy letters. There would be no mezuzot guarding our doorways. In other words, sometimes you just need to dip pen in ink and start writing. In this, my teacher echoed Rav Chizda's insight that there is a range of letters considered kosher. No two scribes write in the same way. Some letters dance across the page freely and full of life. Others stand like a person praying the Amidah, no movement at all. Some scribes form letters more exactly correlated to the rabbi's imagined perfect letters, others less so. And when the letter deviates too much from the perfect form, when there is an actual mistake in the writing, most often the letters can be rewritten in a proper form. And the ones that can't be corrected, these remind us of our humanity. I look forward to learning with you again soon. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.